What up, all you beautiful misfits and rejects out there? Thank you for joining me for episode 123 of Misfits and Rejects. In today's episode, I sat down with Amandeep Singh. Amand's a good friend of mine. We lived together in a hotel in Yangon for many days. And just getting to know him, he's a really deep, introspective, philosophical thinker. Um, he's from India. He's been living in Yangon for a year uh, doing very unique style of kind of medical tourism where he um, helps put people with the right accommodations and doctors for what they're seeking as far as treatment wise and just somebody I got to know and love and and we were kind of just two kindred spirits who really had a lot of long nights just discussing life philosophy and so I decided to bring him on the show and we just kind of went back and forth and we took it into various corners of philosophy spirituality um, and he did a lot of the question asking which I appreciated. We conducted the interview on the balcony at our hotel, and it was really the only place that we could have both sat comfortably to do it. So there's a lot of city noises in the background, which just give it that classic misfits and rejects atmosphere. It's a do-it-yourself podcast, so it's going to feel a lot like you're right there with us, basically sitting on the streets overlooking Yangon, which is an extremely congested city, a lot of visually stimulating things to see, a lot of beautiful people, a lot of beautiful colors, a lot of beautiful smells, a lot of beautiful tastes. It's a really interesting city. And I was really, really happy to get to share the time that I did with Amen and the conversations that we share because, again, I consider him a dear friend now and somebody I'll always, who will always be in my life and, and somebody who I'll definitely go see in Delhi at some point in the future when he makes his way home. But this episode's a lot about life philosophy of life, the spirituality of life, and hopefully you take something from our conversation and apply it to your own life and, and whatever you're designing within your life right now. Please remember, if you're a first-time listener, to pull out your phone, hit the subscribe button. Please rate and comment on this episode whenever it's finished. If you haven't gotten a Misfits and Rejects t-shirt yet, please remember to go to misfitsandrejects.com backslash shop and pick one of those up. And the next three episodes are going to be all of individuals that I captured while I was staying in Yangon. There are a lot of very interesting stories, so stick around for the next few because they're going to be just as cool as this one um, and more in the entrepreneurial realms of what they're doing and, and what they're accomplishing when, while they're living in Yangon. So with that said, please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Amen Deep Singh. Welcome to Misfits and Rejects, a podcast about the lifestyle design of expatriates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. I'm your host, Chapin Cruder. Enjoy. I didn't fit in America. With cocaine, there's just always too many guns and too many bad attitudes. I quit the limiting stories. Really try to overcome that fear. And right there, for any of your listeners, a lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it. Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today I'm sitting with my housemate, or I guess hotel mate, Amandeep Singh. He's an Indian gentleman I met here in uh, Yangon, who the time we spent together has been really cool for me, and I've been excited to get him on the show and just talk about philosophy, life, and he was the first person in the years I have had Misfits and Rejects, and the stickers that represent Misfits and Rejects I get at this point, so... Big thank you and shout out to uh, Magenta LaRusso for creating those uh, stickers and the images. But he actually saw the images and articulated to me in the most beautiful way 
uh, a philosophical meaning behind them. So I'm really excited to have him on the show and want to welcome him. So welcome, Amen. Thank you for having me here. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's exciting. See, the things I want to discuss are the normal things, but the way you meet me, we became friends in just two days, and it's like knowing you from past many years. And the thing I liked about you is I can see my big brother in you, the image of my big brother in you. I lost him two years back, but you are like same as he used to treat me. That's the thing made me more attracted towards you, and I respect you as a big brother. Nothing offensive in any sense. If you say, if I, even if you want me to die for you, I can do that because it's a respect I have in my heart for you. Thank you. I'm honored, dude. That's really nice of you to say. I mean, Amen was nice enough actually today to uh, come pick me up at the airport, which nowadays with Uber and Grab, like no one comes and picks you up from the airport. But he uh, hired a car and came and got me, and it was a real pleasure to have you there. And then we uh, got to go have lunch together. Son, and uh, anyways, it's like like I was saying in the introduction, you know, it's so cool to meet somebody who sees a sticker, gets to know me a little bit, and then starts to dig a little deeper. And, and, and try to understand what Misfits and Rejects is to me and then what the symbology is maybe behind the sticker, which I never really thought about until you kind of articulated pre-show, you know, what it kind of meant to you, which I hope we can tell the audience, like, what you really feel the symbology means. But I think today's conversation will be mostly about, you know, like, life, Misfits and Rejects, how we all fit into this crazy wheel of life, the things that we might be striving for in life and the things that sometimes life circumstances don't allow us to go farther you know or something like that and we're as you know folks this is a podcast where we're we're DIY do it yourself we're in the middle of the concrete jungle here in Yangon so please excuse the noise but this is the best place we could do it so yeah why don't you talk a little bit about the symbology you feel like behind See, the the uh, imagery you met me we had some conversation and you gave me the sticker about misfits and rejects. From that day, I just want to ask the questions about the misfits and the rejects. Who are these people? First, my first question is who are these people? How you find these people? Right. So for me, the many years that I spent on the road traveling and meeting people like you and people that I was tremendously intrigued by and inspired by gave me this idea that I came up with in conversation with another good friend of mine in Nicaragua. And we would have many hours of conversation about the different types of people that we would meet traveling, the different types of people who lived in our small village in Nicaragua. And we both agreed that many of these people came from different walks of life that maybe society deemed as people who might not fit in, some, some of them, not all of them, um, sometimes people chose to leave their home country to go adventure. Sometimes people left because they had to. Sometimes people left because they felt like they didn't fit in. And I know that's kind of where I started to relate to different people's stories is just not ever feeling quite comfortable in my own skin where I came from. And then going out into the world and meeting all these beautiful people who are out there doing interesting things and making a life for themselves, I felt was tremendously inspirational. I, I could kind of connect with them a little bit better. And the conversations that we had flowed a little bit easier. And 
we've always played with words in our conversations with my old partner, Jack, who I would say like, oh, look at all these just misfits that we're surrounded by. They're so interesting. They're, they're entrepreneurial. They're people who take those steps to create a life that they want. Sometimes, again, because they have to, because they have no other choice. But sometimes there's, it's very calculated. And then you have maybe rejects, people who reject society or society rejects them. And so, again, they have to go out in the world and create a life for themselves that they're happy with. And that combination of wordplay really filled me with a certain piece. Misfits and rejects. Misfits and rejects. How are we all connected? You know, why, why do we all find ourselves in these places in life where we can have these conversations and be equals without any sort of judgment that makes me feel uncomfortable like I felt when I was back in California. So I think to answer your question, yeah, Misfits and Rejects was just an observation I made about people around me and the words themselves came together through conversation and then the meanings of them are kind of still coming out with conversations like people like you. Like I had never looked at the sticker or the logo in that way before. And this conversation is so beautiful to me because it brings out that another layer of misfits and rejects that I, I hadn't really touched yet, you know? So thank you so much. What you are doing right now, it's a very beautiful thing, like meeting people and knowing them. In today's society, in today's world, while we walk on the road, if you pass a smile to someone, you'll never get a smile. Never, ever. The people treat you like, why should we talk? Why should even smile at that person? You not have to pay, not even a dollar for a smile, but no, nothing, no one cares in today's world. And you are meeting people and you help those people or by this, your broadcast of misfits and rejects, you help people to know them. The people don't tell you their story. They just tell you how they feel and they need someone to express. In today's world, we are so alone that we just have God. And those who don't believe, they believe in themselves. But at the end, we all have to meet God one day. The thing is, the people who we call misfit and rejects are in millions. And in millions, they are like few who are in search of peace or of or inner peace, what we say. If you are in search of peace, you can be working what you love or you will be working for what others love. So you are just struggling. And the people who are literally misfits and rejects are the ones who have who are in search of inner peace. By inner peace here it states that people rejected everything which was opposing them. Like a person working for a multinational company resigned and starting started working on a beach or started working started his own business or her own business just to prove himself and proving himself doesn't mean that he or she wants to prove to the world that she is the best no she wants or he wants to prove the world where he or she belongs what he can do what is the motive to be on this earth we came only once we have to die but before you die you make the name that people remember for your good deeds or your bad deeds we have both the options and the inner peace is to satisfy yourself that yes i am happy i'm doing this for others like you what you are doing you are meeting people listening them and making them understand what they are see usually we talk to ourselves 
at night or whenever we are alone. We talk to ourselves. We talk to ourselves for days, for hours. I am the person I can sit alone in a room. I can see a wall for hours. Talk to myself. But talking to yourself, uh, talking to you right now, it's like I am able to express myself or I am able to talk about the people who I met. The inner peace in today's world is impossible. It's next to impossible to find. And there are people who are actually enjoying their inner peace. You have met some people. You are also enjoying your inner peace, meeting new people. You don't need people to be with you every time because you know in this world, if you meet 100 people, 100 people in a year, two will be the pure soul. The rest are fighting for the money or struggling for the money or just living for the money. The two will be living for others. You just said that I came to the airport to receive you. Man, there was no big deal in that. It's just, I told you, I see as a big brother in you and it's, it make me happy that I did something. It's, you can take it as a selfish, I'm selfish right now, being selfish, I did it myself. I, to do this, I feel, felt happy. Don't take it in that sense that I did something for you. Regarding your logo, the misfit and rejects, for people it's just a name, misfit and rejects, people who are misfit to a society or people who are rejected by the society. But these misfits and rejects who are not compatible with the today's society are in a state or in a position right now that the society who has rejected them is now feeling jealous of them. You, I have not seen all your broadcasts, but in some I have seen the people who are struggling in their life for doing the jobs they never wanted to. Now they are doing the things they love. They are not earning much, but they are happy. And if you are rejected and you are misfit for a place, but now you are not earning much, but you are happy. The happiness is the goal in today's world. If you have millions of dollars in your account, but you are not happy, it's not worth it. But, and the things, the logos, they are like satellite towers, two satellite towers upside down, two energy bars. We can say that these two towers have the positive and negative energy and same as the energy bars. And it's up to us if we are rejected, we are misfit at a place, how we can grab this energy. You are rejected and you take this negative energy and you will be in depression or in negativity throughout your life. And if you have the chance and you have the will to get the positive energy, you can rule the world, buddy. You can. And everyone who will be listening this, I just request the people, whatever bad happens, it's like very easy to say someone like who is sick, who is not earning much, who is uh, not having any job, he's struggling in life, you will get something better. It's very easy to say that, that people whom we said all these things, he says that he doesn't know anything about me. But brother or sister, just see the person who is saying this. He must have some experience. And if you are in a state right now, you are not happy, you have to find the happiness. And the happiness you can only get by knowing yourself. Just try to search for the inner peace. You can have it in seconds or you can have it in years. It's up to you. Just decide what makes you happy. If making money makes you happy for the time being, it's very good. But it's in next few years, you have a lot of money, but you are alone and you don't know what to do. 
try to help the people. Try to help the people. I'm not saying that if you have a thousand dollars in your pocket, give thousand to the people. If you spend two hundred dollars giving people happiness, these two hundred dollars are like worth millions. Just be like that. And we all are like that, but the only thing is that we hate people or we hate ourselves. And in my opinion, I'll say we people hate ourselves. Because the hate we have for ourselves, we show it to others. If we start loving ourselves, we will never hate anyone in this world. And my brother here, he meets people just to... It's not for his benefit that he gets a new episode, no. It's like he meets people and tell them what they have, what power they have, they can share. Unless and until you won't share, you all your energy, all your thoughts are lost. We have writers who write and when their books are published, we came to know what the thoughts are. If the person will never write, the thoughts are gone. People struggling in today's world are like, I can't explain, like we, everyone I am right now struggling, he is struggling, the people listening are struggling, the, who, the people who are not listening are struggling, but we have to take a step. We all are misfit in today's world, we all are rejected. If you are earning in a very big MNC, you are earning, you are a very high position, you are like a vice president of a company, but you are not happy. Resign if you are not happy. If you are happy in making your making pizza, you are happy in helping people, you are happy in uh, drawing, you are happy in traveling, do that. Just see from where you will get the happiness. If you are happy at that point, you will, you, when you will die, there will be a smile on your face. You can't take a single cent with you, but you can take a million dollar happiness with you. Beautifully said. So Absolutely. you, you have the power, you have the power, we all have the power. We all are one soul, connected, connected, we all are connected. You see, I have seen this, I have experienced this, I see, see some people, I meet people. There are some, after meeting for years, there is no attachment. There are some people, like my brother, I met him like for two days and we have a bond like of 20 years or more than that, 50 years, we can say that. We shared the experiences. I am happy he's here and happy to meet him again and again. He's also uh, doing some uh, his work. I'm doing my work. We have a busy schedule. But sometimes a message. In today's world, we don't write letters. We just have to message someone. How are you, buddy? That message is enough to show someone that there is someone who will be there at your funeral. That's make you the richest person. Uh, today's Richest persons, there are like many who have millions, billions in your trillions in your accounts. But when they die, only their employees come because they have to. If they won't, they will get the salary of the month. And the richest person is who will die and the unknown people who had just met him once came, come to his grave, cry or be sad. That's the real happiness. He can take it. That's the real money. I just wanted to know something from you. You have met so many people in your life. You have traveled like a lot of countries, lot and lot of countries. What's your experience regarding the people whom you interviewed? How many you find were actually misfit and rejected? How many you find were like silently killing themselves 
and they wanted to do something new in their life. Please tell. And the people I interviewed, you interviewed, or just you, meet in general? You met in general. Mm-hmm. You interviewed both. That's a really good question because I think it's it's almost fifty fifty in the sense that I think even in in a sense that. I go out and seek these inspirational people that I think are interesting and are doing unique things in the world. I think that, and I'm including myself in this, like we're all seeking that inner peace and happiness and designing the life in which we want, but at the same time, self-sabotaging. You know, we're self-sabotaging in some way. Like in places like this, we have so many opportunities to consume any vice that we want so in a lot of places like this you have um, expats who live here who are alcoholics drug addicts sex addicts and we've talked about this in past episodes with other people where when you have an environment that gives you as a westerner unlimiting amounts of freedom you walk a very fine line between having the world at your fingertips to create any kind of life you want for yourself whether whether it's complete happiness or complete darkness. And you can get completely consumed. So to answer your question, I'd say all of the, all the people that I interview that I get tremendously inspired by are walking a line that they're on the verge of self-destruction at all times. They're pushing the limits so far and so hard in so many ways. And some of them are hanging on by a thread and not self-destructing, but they're like one step away from self-destruction. And I think sometimes that's almost what carries these people to success in these types of environments because it's so difficult as a Westerner to come to a place like this and create a life for yourself when you have, or say a business, when you have the politics, the language that you don't really understand. And then a lot of these places are very corrupt and you have the the corruption elements constantly coming at you, trying to get more from you, um, it's very difficult. So, does that answer your question? Yes, absolutely. (coughs) I want to know, the people who are in search of love, what they are actually searching. In search of love? Yeah, and I actually want the people who will listen this, to please comment on this, what they are searching in terms of love and happiness. Are they searching love from a girl or from a boy or are they searching love from the society or in terms of happiness, are they searching happiness in money, in happiness in meeting people, happiness in sharing thoughts or what is happiness and love for them? Please. Yeah, I think I can only answer for myself, um, which love and happiness for me personally is that I constantly feel open and I constantly feel unrestricted by the people I'm around and the places that I'm in that I get to express myself freely and I get to do the things I want and I often think you know what if that was all taken away from me I have interviewed people who have spent many years in prison and I think they have found a certain sense of freedom within this a prison system that they're obviously not free so you can take that question as deep as you want, but for me, it's it's being unrestricted both mentally and physically in the environments I, I'm in to say what I want, do what I want without without feeling 
restricted. I mean, you can judge me. That doesn't really bother me too much. It's more just, I like being able to go to our liquor store down here and buying a beer and walking down the street. I can't do that in most places in America. You know, I like being able to ride a motorcycle without a helmet. I can't do that in a lot of places, you know. These are all very selfish things, I get it, but these are the types of little things that I like and make me feel happiest. And as far as the love question goes, like I feel very loved by my family and my friends. So at this point in my life, I'm not really seeking love because I, I feel like I'm full of love and I am being loved by those who are around me. So <clears throat> there's a quote that I don't remember the name, the person who said it, that if you have nothing to lose, you are the most dangerous man. And it's true, but in a sense, we can take it as it's the perfect line for every of us, every one of us. If we have nothing to lose, we may be the most dangerous one, but we may be the most happiest one also. See, if you have a family, you have a wife, you have mom, dad, everyone, and you have a fear of losing them, you will never be in a position to achieve anything. But if you are in a state that you have nothing to lose, you are, you can take risks of millions, or you can do whatever you want. The thing I want to say is, how many among us are willing to take that, that risk to achieve? Because, for example, I'm working right now. If can I you tell to, the audience what you're doing just so they get an idea? Yeah, I'm working with a healthcare company. It's like one of the biggest in the India. So I'm taking care of the Myanmar right now. I, if I take myself, if I take a risk of quitting my job and starting what I want to do in my life, I'm not in that state to take that risk. Yes, I am right now misfit and rejected, or you can say I'm rejected and I'm misfit at the same place. What I'm doing, I'm doing it, but according to me, I may be not the most suitable person for it, but I'm trying. In what way? What do you mean? There are many things. It's like if someone lo loves to fly planes, he's driving. He is driving a car like 120 miles, 100 miles, but he wants to fly a plane. But if he quits that, he has to walk. And am I in a position to quit this and walk? That's the thing. That's like haunting me. That's what I'm asking. How many people in this world are in this state? We can say millions or we can say everyone. But how many are willing to take that risk? How many people suffer but they show that they are happy? You have taken a risk in your life. Have you ever like taken a risk going from what you loved to what you have to do or what you were doing quitting that move to the thing you loved I do it every three to six months <laughs> you know I, I I go out every three to six months with a little bit of money I save from uh, I, the money I make in California or my retreats in Nicaragua when I save up enough I, I hit the road and I try to accomplish the goal the dream to become a digital nomad 
where I make money only online traveling the world. And then, you know, two, three, four, whatever, many months later, I run out of money and I go home and do it again and compromise what I really want to be doing because I have to go home and make money. I have bills to pay and people who are relying on me for certain things that I have to pay. So I think kind of what you were talking about with where you're at in your life, like, and where many people are at is they're constantly or they're, they're compromising full time. And at what point are you willing to take a risk and walk away to go swing the bat and try to do something, you know, like, like you, for example, right now you're in Yangon, you've been here a year living in this hotel. That is, it is what it is for any budget travelers out there. It's a great place. It's 10 bucks a night, but for somebody living here full time, it's not ideal. And you, like we've talked about in previous conversations, would love to be reassigned or to even start your own thing. But under the circumstances you find yourself in now, you have to make money. That's just the way it is. And, and that's fair. You know, like what I'm trying to do with this podcast is, yes, inspire people to analyze their life situation. And if they're not happy, then take steps to maybe make those changes. I realize and I hope that comes across in all the episodes that it's not going to happen overnight. And sometimes it could take months or even years to save a little bit of that money away to then take that next step in life, which is kind of what you're doing now. Cause you've articulated to me that your dream is to be like a travel photographer, right? Go around the world yes. and, and photograph and you're saving up right now for that camera and also saving up for a little bit of spending cash that you can go around and start pursuing your real dreams. But under the circumstances, you're kind of stuck here in Yangon, which after a year in this hotel isn't the most pleasant place to be, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. So, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think what separates you from other people is that you're still hanging on to that goal and you're striving and, and saving whatever amount it is to then take that first step out. You know, you haven't completely submitted to this is my life and this is how it's going to be for the next 30 years, which I don't mean to sound like that's a bad thing for people to do, because I think there's life circumstances out there where people have to or they choose to. And that's OK. But you're definitely somebody who's striving for something more, who wants to get out of here and, and really pursue that passion, which I commend you for. Like, congratulations. See, I met some people here. I met some people in India. They struggle. Noise pollution. They struggle a lot. And when they're struggling, they fell in a vicious circle of in which they just kill their dreams. I'm not killing my dreams. I know I will achieve them. It may take time. See, a person doesn't know how long he has to live. Maybe 30, maybe 60, maybe 100, maybe 2 years, maybe 2 days. We have to be on a struggling side. And we have to be a fighter. Why? Just out of curiosity. See, if you have a dream, for example, you have a dream to travel the world, or you have a dream to write a book, and you are just a 9 to 5, 9 to 6 person, office home, office home, you don't have the time. And if you decide that I don't have a time, I can't do anything, I can't write a book, 
you will never write a book. But if you decide that you will write a book, you didn't get the time. Okay. For 50 years, 60 years you worked. But after 60 years, if you spend some days, some months, you wrote a book about your experience of 60 days, 60 years, your experience of meeting people, and you published it, or you just wrote, that means your dream was living, your dream was alive, and it was alive with you. What people do, they, have, they saw a dream, they just want to make it reality, but with the time, they are busy with their life and they kill their dream. I just want to say, please, please, please don't, don't kill your dreams. Take your time. If you have a dream, it will be fulfilled. You just have to be on it. It may take time. A person who, ha- who wants to buy a Ferrari and earns $1,000, $100 a month, if he thinks that I am earning $100 a month, I can't afford a Ferrari, he will never. But if he thinks I am earning 100 now, after 5 years, I will be earning 50000 1 lakh, 10 lakhs. He will. It's upon your will how much you can struggle and you have to be a fighter. If you fight with your, for your dreams, you fight with the society. Not fighting with the society doesn't mean you have to slap someone. Fighting means you have to struggle. You don't have to be, you don't have to f- uh, fall in that vicious circle that kills your dreams. No. Just keep struggling. Be a fighter. You will achieve. And I'm for myself, I'm saying, yes, I will achieve. I don't know when, when but I will. Yeah. It may take one year. It may take 10 years. It may take five years, but I will. I think going back to the analogy you made about writing books, like you can also, you know, work nine to six, say, come home and spend two hours every night for the next five years to write that book rather than waiting until you're 60 to then have the time. You know, it's all how you sort of manage your time and and the the things that you do. That's the thing I want to say that the people, when they work from nine to six, they fell in a vicious circle. They say, I don't have time. I don't have time for my dreams. And then once you say you don't have time for your dreams, they will never be achieved. Always say, I will take time. I will take out time for my dreams. I will fulfill them and those will be fulfilled. So then let's tell the audience what your dreams are. What are, dreams, what are you aspiring for? I to do? just want to see the world, but want to see the world with my camera. I want to capture the living moments. I want to capture the, what the people feel. And I want to publish a... It will be a documentary. It will be a movie. Whatever will be at that time. It will be a movie of expressions of the people throughout the world. What people actually want to show in ex- in their expressions. What people can't say. If you see a person who works, who is a driver or who is a cobbler, who is a doctor, but even a doctor has some other dreams. He is a doctor, he is earning, but he has some dreams. He never fulfills them. But if you see a doctor seeing a racer, you can see a smile on the doctor's face. What his dream was when he leaves his hospital or a clinic at 9 or 6 in the evening, when he gets in his car, he drives it like a racer. 
that feeling, that expression I want to catch. That's the thing people are hiding. And if a doctor, if a person will speak thousand words for it, you will not understand it. But a single expression captured on the right time will make you say, yes, this is what this person wants to be. But he lost his dreams. And one more thing I want to ask you is that when you meet people, you ask them about their experience, their feelings. The one thing I liked is that you make people to say things or the best way to say is that you make people to find the pearls that they have lost. You are actually a preacher to the lost tribe. Yeah, that's flattering. Thank you. <laughs> Because we all are lost somewhere. We have lost our dreams. We have lost our thoughts. You make people to realize that they are not lost. They're just misfits to the present time. Maybe the people you have interviewed in the past, if you met them again, I promise there will be many among them who have changed their ways of thinking, the ways of their work. If they were struggling, fighting, today they will be peaceful after meeting you, after telling what they feel, what they wanted to be. Because once we share our thoughts with someone, we start thinking about them. Why I have said those things. And if I said those things, that means those things were in my heart and I was never able to say those to someone. And if I have said those things, should I go to pursue those things or should I leave them? And if he starts to pursue those things, achieve the goal, he will be like he will not be a member of a lost tribe. He will be a member of a tribe who is happy who is successful and who has achieved the inner peace. You said something really interesting earlier about the symbology behind um, the misfits and rejects and how in many ways you're kind of caught in the middle between these two polar opposites of energies and, and feeling like a misfit, feeling like a, a reject on one polar side and then feeling like a misfit and a reject on another polar side. Can you talk a little bit about that and what that meant? Yes. If you see a logo, Misfits and Rejects, the people we are talking about are just a small symbol in between, the and. We are that and. We are connected to both. We are connected to Misfits also. We are connected to Rejects also. We are connected to the positive energy. We are connected to the negative energy. And what we are trying to find We also don't know. Most of the people, we are confused. Should I be a good person? Should I be a bad person? Should I go to a life that I really want? Should I be in a life what I am right now? People are struggling with themselves, fighting with themselves for themselves. We have to fight with ourselves to achieve what we have lost. See, if someone has lost some money and you are fighting with a criminal, It's up to the court who will decide. You won't get the money right now. But if you have lost a thought, 
no one will give you that power. You have to take an internal journey. You have to travel inside your own soul. You have to travel inside your own thoughts. Then you are only able to achieve or get what you have lost. A person or every one of us, we have a darker side. And that darker side, we never share with anyone. Wife never shares with husband, husband never shares with wife, children never share with parents. We share some with our best friends. You have to understand what you have to share with this world. There is not, every thought is not to be shared. Some are to be kept with you. I'm not saying to hide the things from the people. I'm saying to tell the things that people want to know. Not everything you should tell. I think just so the audience understands, we kind of jump from a philosophical point of view to more of an entrepreneurial point of view, which is, you know, earlier you were talking about how it is important to, like, send that message, you know, reach out to that friend who might be feeling sad or not connected to the world, and that communication is very important. And then I think we jumped into the entrepreneurial side of things where it's not always important to share your thoughts and ideas when you have an idea that you're maybe cultivating and you want to go out and present to the world to make your business. So there is a line that you have to draw and you have to be aware of when you are sharing, say, entrepreneurial thoughts and feelings to Mr. B, as you said, he's sharing with Mr. D, who's sharing with Mr. X that can come back and bite you in the ass. So this is, you know, that a balance in which it's important to always have an outlet to express yourself. It's always important to reach out to somebody who might need you in their life to just be somebody who's checking in on them. And then if you are somebody who wants to go out in the world and create something unique and new and then create a business around it, be more careful with that who you share that with. And just to ask you, what's loyalty in your opinion? Being loyal if it's in friendship with parents with a girl a girl with a boy a boy with a girl what's loyalty what's loyalty stands for in today's world another great question because I've, I've heard different points of view from multiple multiple generations and uh i'll start with keith griff who was one of the original expats in gigante nicaragua where i spent you know better part of 10 years was always telling me when we'd have our late night conversations and drinks to uh, never be loyal to a company. He was loyal for many years to Pratt & Whitney, which was a uh, defense company. Um, he had top secret clearance and he was of the older guard, a person who really felt that even though he had all these opportunities to go to like Raytheon and all these other companies, and they were offering him more money. He said, no way. Like, this this company, Pratt & Whitney, is going to take care of me. Like, I'm going to be loyal to them. So when my time to retire comes, that I'll be well taken care of. And he was a few years away from retirement, and he got fired. And his benefits were cut in half, and everything that he had been loyal for were, were gone. And so we had many late-night conversations. He was a little bit bitter about it, but he's always like, don't be loyal to a corporation. They don't, they're, you're just a cog in their wheel. And if you take it to a personal level, you know, loyalty, I think, can be misconstrued and overrated. I think, for example, like, 
do I need to be loyal to a friend who is mistreating the neighbor and the neighbor wants to fight him? And I happen to walk out on the street one day and the neighbor is kicking my friend's ass because he's a dick, you know, like, and I know he's a dick and I know he's been a dick to the neighbor, his neighbor. Do I need to be loyal to my friend and like not let him get his ass kicked? You know, like, I don't know. That's not something I feel strongly about. Like if you're a dick and you have it coming to you. I wouldn't want somebody to necessarily uh, do so much bodily harm that you, you couldn't come away from it but if you're gonna get punched in the face for being a dick like and you're my good friend and you deserve it like you're gonna get punched in the face and i'm not really gonna bat an eye about it you know if we're talking about loyalty in the sense that you keep you want me to keep a secret that means a lot to you but could have severe consequences to somebody else you know that's another conversation almost like the last one i just said like if it's gonna really affect somebody else's life like my loyalty to you grows thinner like i don't necessarily believe in loyalty to benefit somebody else's personal gain under certain circumstances like so that's a i guess more of a tough question for me to answer because i think i'm not really clear on where my loyalty lies completely to certain people and, and certain circumstances that i find myself in what about you one of my biggest weakness you can say I can't betray someone and that's the reason I lost many things what does betrayal mean to you like you will stand by their side no matter if they're an asshole or not no it's like if he's an asshole if, for example my friend if there's a fight and he kills someone and we know that the reason of the fight was not his mistake i'll be on his side or whatever the reason be maybe his fault is he killed someone i will be on his side to save try to save him i'll not say that he should not be punished he should be punished because he killed someone he killed an innocent soul he should be punished for that but i am like i'll tell you i told you like around 10 15 days back that i'm working here and i got offer from a hospital here i'm a med- in a medical field here they offered me a salary of 1500 a month and they told me if i can resign my company and join them but i said no the reason is i was without a job for 6 months for 6 months in new delhi i had very few bucks left for them for food money i was struggling and it was like seeing facing hell and then i got the job in this company they i start uh, learning i am working with them i can leave them for 1500 bucks it's like 1500 or it's a very huge amount for me right now but for accepting this job it, i felt that i will be betraying the one who trusted me at that time when no one trusted me when i was about to die they saved me so it's like betraying yeah if there will be a time 
I'll find an opportunity by myself, not being offered. I find my a bigger bigger opportunity. I'll discuss with the CEO of my company. If ma'am agrees and the conditions are good, I may leave for the growth. But for this, they send me here for a for uh, for a position here. Managing the whole country, and in certain in middle of something, I got opportunity to get fifteen hundred bucks. I may leave them. That's betrayal. I can't accept that thing. And my brother always said me one thing. He was a good soul. He's in heaven right now. I know he's in heaven. He said me, do whatever in your life. I will be with you. But in any time of your life. If you rape the girl, I will be the one who will kill you. The rest, I will be with you. And that's that's thought gave me the thing, some things to think that this is love, and this is how he expressed his feelings. And he told me what is wrong. He told me that if you don't earn much, just be happy. Help others in whatever you have. Be happy for others. Help others. Never cheat. Never. If you find an opportunity and that opportunity you have to leave someone who have trusted you, please don't take that opportunity. Never hurt sentiments of the people for money. Money is just for some time. Those thoughts are always in my mind, and those are my biggest strength. to be what i am today and loyalty also depends and if you are in a relationship we say see we are humans and men especially as women say we are dogs we are not actually dogs <laughs> if we saw someone if there are some feelings if you share with someone that's nice if you hide those feelings that's not loyalty what it is if i am with a girl and if i saw someone else what the thoughts are in my mind i should share see always be on a side of truth truth hurts the most it hurts the most but you have to be on that side it's a saying it's a spiritual saying that everyone wants to go to heaven everyone but nobody wants to die and that's the thing i always think that people are praying people are doing every wrong thing one day we all die but we are not accepting the death like we are not accepting the life here a person who is rich wants to get more money a person who is poor wants to get more money there are some who are rich and they are living every single penny of them millions and trillions of dollars just to be a normal person and i am just trying to figure out those things why people do those things are they confused or they are unable to search what they want what's your thought on that i think that we all have many drives within us there's things that drive us by our ego and there's things that drive us to survive and then there's something in the middle and that in this day and age and I think from the beginning of time many of us are driven by our ego 
in whatever manifestation it might come in, including myself. And my desire to earn more money and take care of my family, for example, even though some people might perceive that as selfless, is I feel I still think ego driven in a way. And I think it's part of our human makeup that should be accepted to a certain extent, but acknowledged and not always acted upon. Because in many ways, there's a lot of uh, self-destruction within that. So I think awareness is the most powerful thing. And when those motivations come up to seek fulfillment in materialism, just having the awareness and knowing that that's what you're doing, even though you might still go out and do it, takes that sort of charge away from it so it doesn't necessarily spiral out of control and perpetuate itself you know like there's some days i'll go seek pleasure in like going out and having a drink with friends knowing i'm gonna drink way too much even though i don't want to and then but just knowing that doesn't necessarily make it okay but it takes that charge away from it so i don't beat myself up so much about it the next day and then create another cycle of like, oh, I, I hate myself. The only thing that makes me feel better is going out and filling that emptiness with something else that gives me pleasure, like, say, more alcohol or sugar or material, material things. And so, again, just that observation acknowledgement, I think, is, is where you can find peace and, and your ego loses some power over you. So coming back to the name, the logo, the misfit and rejects, misfits and rejects, both have seven characters. Seven in misfits, seven in rejects, and there is one character, and. Are we, yes we are, the and, who has to decide where to go with which energy? What do you think about it? I think going back to what I said earlier, it's that it's that fine line that those of us who've chosen to walk out into the world and try to make something for ourselves always walk that fine line between self-destruction and accomplishing what we set out to accomplish. And just because we set out or set a goal and accomplish it, all that creates is another fine line that you now have to walk between destruction, self-destruction, and more creation. And I think maintaining that balance is is what I'm always striving for. Are we absorbing the more negative energy of this world instead of absorbing the positive one? I think that's individual-based. And I think for myself personally, I have a certain pre not predisposition, but a certain affinity, if you will, for uh, negative thoughts that help me effortlessly see all the negativity going on around me. And it takes a lot more effort for me to see all the positive. Um, as far as the world goes, I don't want to answer because I don't, I don't, I think it's a, it's a very so individual the, thing. What are the negative thoughts you get? Usual negative thoughts. My usual negative thoughts are mostly just directed at myself. Like, you know, am I 
smart enough to accomplish my goals? Um, am I worthy? Am I desirable by women? Am I just that critical mind always just creeping in, in, in ways that I'm not even aware of? Like, but because I have, I think, been practicing more to become aware of it, like I'll catch myself in the shower in the morning and the constant chatter in the back of my mind is predominantly negative. Even though I, I love my life and I'm living the life that I want, it's a weird little voice that's always questioning and has more of, I think, a negative tone to it than anything else. So what is the continuous negative thought? One continuous negative thought. You always have one thing that hurts you the most and one negative thought. I don't think it's a negative thought. What it is is... A, a judgment there's always a constant amount of judgment going on in the back of my mind towards myself and sometimes the others around me in a way that I'm not judging someone for say driving a Ferrari or judging someone for social status in any way but I find myself judging myself in situations where I feel like I should be something I'm not. For example, like I'm judging myself a lot when I'm in a situation that is very social. People are having conversation, but I don't want to have a conversation. It's going to drain my energy. I judge myself for not being that social butterfly. Like, why can't you just go have a conversation with somebody and just like, and enjoy it, so you know? These are the same thoughts I also have. It's because we are used to be alone or we are so alone now that we, if someone will come in our life or we become a social butterfly, will destroy what we have achieved while being alone. Are these the thoughts? Because I have those thoughts. I think there is a, a certain amount of self-indulgent, self-indulgence I get. Again, going back to the judging aspect of myself where I like that I can be quiet for many days on end and I judge others for needing social attention. In like they need to go out and seek other people's attention to fulfill themselves. And it's a constant cycle like we were going talking about earlier of like kind of trapping myself in this frame of mind that doesn't allow me then to become more open to those social situations that part of me does want to go socialize, but the other part of me is like, no, fuck that. Like just stay home. Like, like we, me. Yeah. Thoughts. See, we judge ourselves. We don't have the right to judge other people. We don't know them. But we can judge ourselves to extend that what we are doing is wrong or what we are doing is right. That's a human nature. We judge ourselves. But being alone, like I am alone from past some years, being alone and making myself better or I'm being alone and I'm destroying myself. That's the biggest confusion I have. Mm. In today's world, like 
the misfits and rejects are because they are alone we have no one to speak what we feel we have social friends and they are like friends or socially known people with whom we talk about business or work or they sometimes may come with us for a coffee or something like that but no one literally in today's world makes effort to listen what you have what's in your heart how lonely you are and what you want to share and like today's experience we were walking you smiled at some people and there was no reply it was like why they should talk yeah so are we in search of happiness from others or we are from the past years or experiences have made us so alone that we are not happy what's this it's like i need an answer for myself <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a conversation that'll have to be continued because i think that you can easily get yourself into that cycle that we talked about earlier where you build yourself up and then cut yourself down and build yourself up and cut yourself down and you almost get to where you want to go but then you pull yourself back and you don't need even your friends or your loved ones to tell you that you're not good enough or something like that because you're going to do that yourself and I'm not saying you I'm just saying in general and I think there's a huge need to make an effort so in one sense I can say that I'm building my own home then I'm burning it then I'm again building it then I'm again burning it so instead of burning I should not destroy it but I should make some changes so that I should not burn it that's yeah. what you're saying yeah I would say that's about right there's nothing wrong with your home that you just built it's a perfectly sound home most likely sometimes it probably needs to be remodeled in certain places and and changed um, and sometimes you need to leave it that doesn't mean you have to burn it down when you walk out that door it can always be there and you can always come back for it You know, if you want to have that, for example, for me, if I want to have that negative chatter in the back of my mind, I know it's always going to be there. I can leave it behind and walk out of that home and go seek out a more positive, socially stimulating environment if I choose because that home's always going to be there and I can build a new home and dwell in that for a while and hopefully grow from that experience and continue on to build another home. and another one that I think will then keep generating a better more fulfilled life so you want to say or it's your advice for me and to the people who are listening that one thing we should stop judging others we should we only have the right to judge ourselves another thing instead of destroying the thoughts you have made and start thinking again keep those thoughts aside if you have another thought see which one is perfect or mix the both create an idea and work on it is it yes, the best way that's what i'm saying <laughs> yes i think there's a middle ground in common man's language yeah i think there's a middle ground that you can find a a balance and i think you can even grow out of and achieve 
uh, more fulfilling way of thinking rather than the, the constant negative cycle of thought that plagues possibly me, you, and many people out there. There is a way out. It does take a lot of work and a lot of time, I think, for many of us. Some people get it quick, some people don't, but I don't think you have to stay in that negative cycle of thoughts and that negative cycle of physical abuse, if that's where you maybe find yourself. And there is always a way out. And for everybody, everyone's starting at a different point. So I'm not saying we're all equal at all. Like everyone's going to start at a different point. And some of us have a long road ahead of us. But there is always that first step and then the next step and the third step and the fourth step. And if you just focus on those, that first step, and then once you take it, then the next step, then I think you're, it's easier to digest each baby step rather than looking at the whole picture, which is always overwhelming. How many people whom you met are actually alone and how many are those who pretend to be alone? If you can share the experience while having the conversation with them. I think what I've noticed is that no one's really alone. Everyone has people in their lives. It's that what you described earlier is that the people that they're surrounded by or they're choosing to surround themselves with aren't interested in really getting to know them in the way they want to be known. So I think that for the social butterfly that I find myself constantly maybe judging as somebody who needs attention, even though they're extroverted and that's where they find themselves most comfortable, are still feeling tremendously alone even though they're at the center of attention in a party they still feel like at the end of the night they didn't connect with anybody. No one really knows who they are, how they feel, what they want out of life because they're surrounding themselves with the wrong people or they're not articulating themselves in the right way. I don't know, but I think everyone that I, I talk to has a certain post part of themselves that really feels misunderstood and not able to express themselves in the way that they really want to. And all I think people really want is to be accepted for who they are, loved for who they are. And we all struggle with the knowledge that that's not necessarily always a reality. That's the point on which the whole world is struggling. What we actually are, we are never ever accepted by the society or by the people who know us for that. And because of that, once we are rejected for that, once we became the rejects, rejected one, we wear a mask. And when we wear a mask and we enter to the society, they all accept us. We are happy with the society while wearing that mask. But when we are alone, we remove that mask, we are again alone. And judging ourselves. And judging ourselves. So every person has two sides now. A mask, a person with a mask, a person without mask. Society loves the person with mask. Society loves Batman. But when he's like without a mask, no one loves him. Only few, only few. Have you ever met anybody who's not wearing a mask? No, not really. Every person I have met has two faces. 
I'm not saying two faces are like he's going to betray me. No, two faces means he comes to office with a mask of happiness, with a mask of energy to work, and when he leaves the office, he removes the mask. He goes to his normal life, a depressed person, a lone person, or he comes to office wearing a mask of depression, and he leaves. He's the happiest person. So this mask thing, not related to the office, the mask thing is related to everyone who travels, who eats, who walks. Why we are wearing this mask? Are we afraid that the society will never accept? us what we truly are or are we shy or we are happy in wearing this mask i think all the above and i i like that you brought this up because I, i think about this a lot where i question and wonder this is a question for you can you ever truly be yourself and and find what you are looking for that's the biggest problem of today's world what i am if i tell that to the people they say okay nice they don't have the interest see showing the true side of yours to the people you know will make you automatically rejected or misfit to the to that place a person who loves striving a person who loves to draw like me I'm telling of myself who loves to click photographs i have like 6800 pics in my phone right now i click i click it's like that but this thing if i show to the society they don't know need these things they need a person who is there for their needs for their needs not my needs if someone has to fulfill a task he may call me he wants to see me with that mask only that that mask he is happy with the with the mask he can show me that he is my friend i am wearing a mask so he is my friend when i remove the mask he is he will be the one to say who are you why should i be with you so this thing hurts the most what you actually are no one really accepts that if you are a common man no one loves you if you are a superman people love you only because you are a superman and you will help them if you have no superpowers superpowers may not i don't want you to fly superpower means you are there for them you can do anything for them and if you can't do anything for them you are like a piece of paper man a stone on the road i ask you a question and i ask this question to everyone who will listen this how many contacts contact numbers are in your cell phone how many say 100 say 100 yeah how many people call you zero I have eight twenty-five. Except for my family, my family calls me. Yeah, I, four or five. Why, that's why I'm here. I'm going. I have eight twenty-five. Around eight twenty-five. I counted around ten days back. My family calls me. No one. 
Justice. On my birthday, out of 825, I get one call from the family. That's that those are the things that make us feel are we rejected by the ones see if you get 100 calls that will not make you happy but that only gives you a satisfaction that people still remember are you there or you only get calls when people need you that's the problem where the mask exists if i have a i wear a mask if i became a, from a normal person to an iron man i became a tony stark from mm-hmm. a normal person i'm richest i have a sexy suit so everyone will be there but if i'm a normal person no one will treat me why this happens in today's world and this brings to me a question is money more important in today's world than a person you have met many people in your life whom you say like they are adorable souls but no one treats them what they deserve is money so important in today's world or the mask is more important in today's world i think the mask is more important than money for a lot of people and i mean thinking about myself i always try to answer from an authentic place within myself and not try to guess what other people would say but like has the mask ever served me yeah for sure when did i stop wearing the mask or at least try to become aware of it and shed that mask i'd say like 2013 is when i became really aware of it and started really trying to make an effort to do things from an authentic place that i wanted to do it because i wanted to whether it was helping somebody or doing something completely selfish that i want to do just for myself like and not trying to be cool for somebody else i found a lot of freedom since then since 2013 in myself of just really doing things that i'm comfortable with that i want to do rather than doing what i think will be perceived as right you know going back to the loyalty thing that you talked about like i shed a lot of that uh idea of what i thought was loyal and what i should do for a friend under certain circumstances and i just do what i think is right and whether someone else thinks i behaved in the right way or i reacted in the right way under the certain circumstances i'm very comfortable nowadays with my decision like i don't care that's like, that's why you are now a preacher to the lost soul lost try <laughs> because you took the decision on the right time i am still unable to take that decision many people are they are not able to take that decision and you took that yeah you are helping burning souls to be more peaceful or i can say you are transferring souls from hell to heaven <laughs> Man, you, that's so nice you to say thank you. <laughs> Many people see unless and until we know what we are, we can't change. Unless and until we can't understand ourselves. Because in the morning when we wear that mask of happiness, sadness or any kind of mask leaving the home, 
we are not the one what we are yeah so why to wear that mask and the trust in today's world is like no way whom you should trust no one i was trust we, yourself yeah, we trust ourselves but the the issue is i tell you i was reading 3 to 4 days back a news that in south india there was a lady she was not well she was admitted in a hospital in india and by mistake someone there was a while the treatment the blood they used was hiv infected and it's not the lady's fault that she, now she's hiv infected when she was home and the people knew the society knew that she is now infected her best friend came to see her and she was standing like 6 feet away from her with the thoughts that she may also get infected so that was the thing that lady in his the worst time saw the real face of his friend of her friend but i think too from another point of view that individual if they are also aware and understanding will recognize that that other person might be governed by fear and that's okay too i mean yes she might there might there might be mask involved but i think it's also to respect and give people the space enough to be fearful under circumstances which they don't understand so i don't necessarily see that woman as not being a good friend and always wearing a fake mask like i'm your friend i think under those circumstances she might have been fearful of her herself getting infected her maybe infecting her family because of lack of knowledge and she's a genuinely good friend because she came to the hospital to see this person you know like i think that's a an action of a good friend so that's make one of your positive points that you find positivity in negativity that you find i think what you just said was really profound for me because that was something that i long ago had to start waking up and making that choice every day was waking up and I'll actually I'm going to big do a big shout out to my good friend John John Eames episode 27 cuz that guy I shared rooms with him around the world for all of our adventures for a lot of our lives together and that guy woke up happy every single day under really shitty circumstances a lot of times be sleeping in a park we'd be sleeping on the street somewhere and that guy can wake up with a smile on his face under any circumstances and it took me years to realize like whether he was genuinely like that or he was trying it didn't make any difference all that matters was that he woke up every day with a smile on his face and started his day with a smile so i started doing that around 2000 and uh 6 genuinely waking up even though i was hungover for example or i felt like shit or i had an injury and i couldn't go surfing that day and no matter what i woke up i put a smile on my face i went down and i gave the people i love the most a hug and said good morning how are you i hope you're good how i'm fine today like today's going to be a good day even though in my inner soul i felt like shit i still projected that and then with time even though it was a mask a little bit that became my morning and my day and my day started being brighter and my day started getting better but it took time and effort so we can say that killing a little negativity every day with kill it one day we can 
And Weekend. I, I think that is a beautiful place to end. Say it one more time. Killing a little negativity every day will kill the negativity one day fully. I love you, dude. This has been a great episode. Thank you for sharing. Thanks, man. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Amen, for coming on and just being so open and honest and, and being so inquisitive about my own ideas and philosophies and thoughts about life and, and how I'm conducting and designing my life in the way that I want. You truly are a beautiful human being. You're so gentle and kind to all those who you are around, and I'm lucky to have you in my life. So thank you again for coming on Misfits and Rejects and sharing a bit about yourself, your story, and, and bringing such a unique take about the world so people can hopefully take these ideas and maybe start applying some of them to their own lives and making this world a better place. Please remember, if you're a first-time listener, to pull out your phone at the subscribe button. Please rate and comment on this episode. Please remember to go get a Misfits and Rejects t-shirt at misfitsandrejects.com backslash shop. A lot more great episodes are coming your way, so please stay tuned for the next few episodes. It's going to be some really cool young people in Yangon who are developing some really interesting ideas and companies. And uh, I couldn't be happier to have them on the show. Thank you all so much for listening. I think you all are so very, very beautiful. I wish you all the best in your own lifestyle design. And I'll see you next time. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspires you to think about your life situation, where you're at, and possibly make a big decision to choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out, spread your wings, and try something new, to live a different lifestyle that maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one, but when in fact it's the perfect one for you. And I'll see you next time.